Hey, Matt. What up? Did you know it is the 20th anniversary of Josie and the Pussycats this year? I did not know this, because that is a huge blind spot for me. You've got to join the army, Matt. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats is the best movie ever, and I say this not only as a true fact, but I'm also reading the very specific text off of the t-shirts and bumper stickers sold to us from our good friends over at superyaki.com. Matt, did you uh, pick up anything at their recent spring collection? They just had a, uh, a new lineup of clothes release. You're damn right I did. I finally got that Hayao Miyazaki pin that I've been... Oh, that, that beautiful. Was, that was actually the first item they ever sold. Uh, I haven't had an eye on that for a while. I got a Super Yaki logo t-shirt. Because mm-hmm. uh, honestly, we should all watch some more movies. And I got a uh, Welcome to the Hanassance, the Catherine Hanassance uh, bug for my coffee in the morning, because if I don't have my coffee as soon as I wake up, I get angry and upset, and bad things happen. If you love movies, Nora Ephron, Crimson Peak, and if you believe that we should all be nicer to Kelly Marie Tran, you jags, then <laughs> head on over to superyaki.com, that's Y-A-K-I, and enter the code SUPERMONSTER, and uh, that'll get you 10% off your order. Let's watch more movies. Good evening, and welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast, where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... Godzilla's newborn baby son, Jacob. How you doing, baby? (laughs) I glow red when I'm scared. Don't we all? Uh, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Matt, I have returned to the cinema, and I couldn't be happier. I know it's not your palace, but it certainly is mine. Oh, you and went back. I went back, and do you know what my, my first big outing back was? What? It was Godzilla vs. Kong. Of course I it was. I had to see my good friend, Mr. G, fight the big ape. And Matt, it did not disappoint. It's a good movie. Not only... <laughs> Not only did I get to go back to the movies, I got to go back to the IMAX. And, you know, when Godzilla and King Kong are that large, you're <laughs> bound to have a good time. I also uh, en- I also enjoyed that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I believe we'll probably talk about it on our next episode. Is that yes, correct? Yes, yes, yes. That brings us to this week's, uh, this month's special guest. Uh, it's Hunter Davenport. He's the co-host of the Phantom Zone podcast. How are you, Hunter? I'm good. Uh, I was just so excited I couldn't help but move. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, I've been wanting to podcast with you for a while. This is a long time coming. And we are here today to talk the Heisei era. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like to, I think I've said this a couple times on Twitter, is like this is Godzilla's re- Disney renaissance period, in my opinion. Like this is where it all sort of kind of came back in a big way. Yeah, I think this is definitely, this is either my favorite or it's tied with the Showas as my favorite. I think 
It is very special and very unique and something I don't think we're ever going to see with Godzilla again. No, nope. I don't think so either. Uh, Never again. So, Hunter, uh, would you mind just, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what is what has been your relationship with Godzilla? Is this a, a lifelong thing? Is this something you came to later? This has definitely been a lifelong thing. I mean, my I remember at my dad's house, I had this uh, Godzilla action figure. I think it was like... I could not tell you what era it was from. I could not tell you which Godzilla it was, but it was like it was. I, all I know is it's this Godzilla uh, action figure and um, Anguirus. I also had an Anguirus one, and I'd always play with them. And I remember one day I was out with my mom at a Goodwill, and I saw on the shelf they had all these VHSs because it was st- there were still VHSs around when I was a kid, because I'm only 26, but there were still VHSs. Um, and I picked out Godzilla, uh, Mech Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, I think. And it was this okay. god awful, I don't even know if it was a real VHS, but it was like a dubbed version of God- Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla on VHS. And it had the dumbest dub. I think if I went back, I would hate it. But, oh, man, I love that VHS so much. I think I wore it out. And ever since then, that was just, like, a permanent kind of obsession. Fantastic. And were you able to see the, the high era of movies, you know, when you were growing up or when they were coming out? Or was that something you just kind of discovered later on? Most of it later on, my dad watched a couple of them with me. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, again, I was so young, I couldn't even tell you which ones we watched. But I remember always really loving Godzilla. Fantastic. And um, for listeners who might be are not as familiar with the quote-unquote Godzilla eras, the Heisei era lasts from the return of Godzilla in 1984 all the way through Godzilla vs. Destoroyah, which came out in 1995. So we've got an 11-year run of Godzilla movies. Oh yeah, what a run. The, the thing that distinguishes these seven movies kind of from any other Godzilla era is that these are the first ones to really embrace continuity. You know, in the Showa era, yeah, yeah. continuity just meant, okay, Godzilla's going to wake up wherever we last saw him. So it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he got frozen. He got stuck in an avalanche, so he's going to come out of an iceberg. Uh, oh, yeah, he was... Uh, just hanging out under some dirt after Godzilla. Versus, after King Kong versus Godzilla. I, I really love how the Showa era can be read as Godzilla drunkenly like stumbling through adventures, or yes. him, him waking up somewhere new and just having to deal with it. It's amazing. I love the Showa era. Yeah, um, but in this we get our first really main recurring character with uh, Miki, yeah, uh, who is a psychic. Um, Young girl who is introduced, I guess, a psychic young woman who is introduced in Godzilla vs. Biollante. And then she makes small and increasingly larger appearances in every film from that point on. Yeah, the continuity in this era, in this era is just, it's so up my alley. It's, yeah. it's such bullshit. I love when Godzilla gets insanely bullshit. And <laughs> it's just, it's such my jam. I love it so much. Uh, another great thing this whole series gives us is some awesome uh, monster designs. Like I yes. love the I love the way all the kaiju look in this. I mean, we'll get to it later, but this is my favorite rendition of Mothra that I've ever seen. I just think she's such such a pretty girl, such a pretty lady flying through the air uh, with her mood egg. Um, love it, love it. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, 
if anyone listened last month, we had our little buzzer. Uh, Jacob, explain that. Because we have so many films to talk about, and there is so much to say about each of them, we are setting a, a time limit for our Godzilla discussion. So when you hear the roar of Godzilla, or one of his friends, or enemies, or frenemies, that means we are switching to the next film in the series. And uh, let's get this kicked off with 1984's The Return of Godzilla, directed by Koji Hashimoto. Hell yes. Okay, this is one of my favorite Godzilla movies. I love that it pulls a Halloween 2018 about 30 years before Halloween 2018. Uh, it just ignores all the sequels of the Showa era. It just It's a direct sequel to the 1954 classic. And they made Godzilla scary again. Oh, yeah. The, what uh, a concept. So th- this is, like, my favorite Godzilla design because he's, like, there's something about the eyes and the face that is, yeah. like, it's it's very, like, I wouldn't call it unsettling, but it's, like, you, you wouldn't want to see that walking down the street. No. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> this, again, this is also my favorite Godzilla movie. It's just so good, and it's, return, it's a return to form, really. It's just so good. See, it's interesting. I think this Godzilla is kind of cute. They they give him a little kitty cat snout. <laughs> he's fun. Like, I love him. And he's got those thunder thighs. I I, I love this Godzilla, but I, I think he's a little cuter than I think you guys <laughs> might <laughs> pitch. I really like um, this movie because it, it, it really delves into uh, the Cold War. Yes. With all these the, all this like political stuff going back and forth and uh, that's other that's something that we'll revisit down the line. But uh it's really pulled off well here. I, I God, I love love this movie. Jacob, what do you think of uh The Return of Godzilla, not starring like, Raymond Burr? <laughs> I like The Return of Godzilla a lot. I do think it's my least favorite of this era. Oh wow. Okay. I think it's partially just because A, it's just Godzilla and it's Godzilla versus people but the people have kind of a cool spaceship b thing yeah i love that thing it thing's really cool but i think in trying to go back to the horror of the first movie it never really to me captures how human and humane that movie captures its horror you know we don't get the scenes of people reacting to devastation we get a scene of godzilla destroying a town and it's more special effect heavy to me it kind of feels like the 70s king kong remake where okay. it has a yeah. really distinct cool aesthetic but it doesn't kind of capture that ineffable quality that made the first one so great and it's not branching out to do its own thing so it's to me it feels like a lesser copy of something that we've already done great instead of trying to maybe step out and do something on its own yeah i, I do love the model work in this movie Yes. Uh, that's one thing about the Heisei era that I absolutely love. The model work throughout is tremendous. Yes. This is the best looking effects wise that the Godzilla franchise has been has ever really, before yeah. and since. I really like the aesthetics of these, like the Heisei era, because it's always like something. It's like a little bit grimy, a little. And it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. It's like it's good. I almost call it good junk food. It's just. Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. nice to look at. It's amazing how much more modern that this one feels, despite there only being a 10-year gap between it and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. the gap between Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah and Terror of Mechagodzilla is also 10 years, but they feel much more similar to each other, despite the fact that it's the same gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, um, oh, go on. 
Oh, I was going to say, I think part of that is because the landscape of Japan had changed so much in the intervening years. Yeah. Um, Tokyo didn't build its first skyscraper until 1968. And part of that is because of just the reality of building tall buildings on an island nation that is, you know, prone to earthquakes and yes. the like. Um, but That'll do it. But so, you know, if you look at the Showa era Godzilla's, it, Godzilla is always dwarfing everything he's around. And we take a 10-year break, and all of a sudden, Godzilla is no longer the tallest thing in the invisibility. Yeah. And because of that, the models have to be gigantic because, you know, yeah. people are the same size. People in the Godzilla suit are not changing their shape. <laughs> and so you end up with these hugely intricate, beautiful models with you know godzilla stomping around that i I really truly love yeah and much like the 1954 original this was re-edited for american audiences as godzilla 1985 yep this was re-edited pretty heavily by uh new world pictures um better known for all of their work with roger corman when you see new world you know it's quality (laughs) i mean i i i get hype every time i see the new world logo Mm mm-hmm on this one, they were very much hoping for a campy kind of fun vibe, the way that yeah. people remembered Godzilla movies being. And they, this movie is not necessarily built for that to handle it. Nope. No. Uh, they also got Raymond Burr back for, because he was in the uh, King of the Monsters. Yeah. Yep. And they brought him back in re- reprising his role. And that was cr- like, that's insane to me a little bit <laughs> yeah like 30 years later hey play this part again sure okay <laughs> i mean i i love that i think that's really cool it's pretty cool apparently yeah. burr took it very seriously and he really respected the original movie and refused to do some of their cheesier jokes that they wanted him to say <laughs> yeah they, they <laughs> wanted they wanted him to hold a can of dr pepper for the sponsors and he was he just gave him the death stare like no <laughs> If you haven't seen the Dr. Pepper commercial that came out around the release of this, oh, it's phenomenal. I highly recommend looking it up on YouTube. Yeah, um, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's a cool pupil-less Godzilla design that is not the Godzilla from this movie, but it, yeah. it's really cool looking. Uh, real quick, I do want to give a shout out to my favorite character in the movie, uh, the drunk dude. Yeah, love him. I love him. <laughs> love him. Just, just having a feast at the restaurant. Uh, he actually helps the heroes of the story. He's got a nice little character arc. Uh, really, I really like the drunk guy. I don't know his yeah. name, but he's, a, he's, he's great. He's, he's, he's a great human character in a, in a film series that usually does not have great human characters. Yeah. 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 But yeah. He, he rules. Seen it, Love him. He's, uh, he's essentially a homeless guy who breaks into a fancy restaurant when Godzilla, Godzilla's destroying <laughs> the city. Yeah. And it's like, this is my chance to live high on high and, uh, starts drinking and having a good time. And Godzilla's stomping around outside and he starts yelling at him from yes. the restaurant. Yes. Like, hey, Go away. You. I, I love that. He's, he's really great. Love him. Um, I think it, one of the interesting things is that the threat in this movie, you know, the threat in the original Godzilla is a metaphoric threat of nuclear weaponry. Yes. And in this movie, nuclear weapons become a literal threat. Because yep. they're like launching them at Godzilla, <laughs> and I just I, I think it's funny that they they completely stripped the metaphor out of everything. It's a terrible idea too to use nuclear weapons against a guy that was made by nuclear weapons. What are they thinking? Um, that roar that everybody's hearing <gasps> is letting us know that it is time to switch to Godzilla versus Biolante. Hell yes, 1989, <laughs> directed by Kazuki Omori. 
Another and great film. This uh, one is one of my absolute favorites. This movie rules. This is yeah. one of the best so good. Godzilla movies. One of the coolest monster designs. It's it's a flower Godzilla, uh, which looks a lot cooler than it sounds. <laughs> It, 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 like that, like even that of itself is such a crazy idea, especially in Godzilla. Like, like it's not, it's not, it's not a series known for subtlety, but like, just the idea of like a plant Godzilla is so insane. Please, guys, you are missing an integral aspect of Biolanti. Biolanti is part plant, part Godzilla, part dead daughter. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Part <laughs> dead daughter of the scientist. Wild choices in this thing. Uh, not only with the character, the creature design, uh, but with the music. I love the yes. music here. I love it's, the. It's really good. I love the dance remix of the classic <laughs> uh, Godzilla music. I love the liberal use of John Williams' Superman th- uh, theme. I think oh, that yeah. that fits really well in this for whatever reason. And I just love the large amounts of goop that uh, this movie has uh, towards its final act. It's just so much fun. And, yeah. oh, my, great action. Not not just, like, monster action, but, like, gunfights. Like, yeah, people action. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, this is one that is similar to Godzilla vs. Hedorah, where Amori yeah. had near-complete creative control over it. And he had always wanted to do a James Bond movie, which is why there is so much spy stuff in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we have let up. <laughs> we have a lot of um, corporation, like corporate espionage going on. We have a fictional Middle Eastern country of Saradia. Um, this one is so good. There's some really beautiful images in this one, and I think it's the first Godzilla movie, maybe since the original, to really just like take its time and allow us to just sit with some beautiful concepts and imagery. Oh yeah, it's, even even the poster is like beautiful. Like it's just all around really gorgeous to look at great film yeah so this is our introduce introduction to miki who is yeah. she's got esp and um she hangs out with a bunch of psychic kids and there's so a wild really so great wild scene where all the kids start drawing godzillas and it <laughs> freaks everyone out and then the godzilla music kicks in when they all reveal that their pictures are all of godzilla that is so fucking cool it's awesome. This whole movie just fucking rules. My God. This was a movie that I hadn't ever seen until about two years ago uh, when I was doing my big Godzilla marathon for uh, King of the Monsters, and I was absolutely just blown away by this movie. Everyone had hyped it up, and it's one of those movies that lived up to the hype and then some. This was unfortunately not a huge success theatrically. Um, Return of Godzilla didn't do that great, which is why we had such a large gap between that and this in 89. Yeah. Um, there's a five-year gap. And then this also didn't do super well, and producers kind of blamed it on being a little more adult, a little more spiritual, a little less kind of straightforward. And I think yeah. those are all things that, honestly make it one of the best movies in the yeah, franchise exactly uh, the fact you... that it's so out there it's just like it, it it elevates it above the other movies in the high area where it's like this is just such an insane movie that you like it's a must watch yeah 
this was the first Godzilla movie to not get a theatrical release in the U.S. since Son of Godzilla. Wow. Um, up until this point, only Ibira, Monster of the Deep, and Son of Godzilla were released straight to TV, and then this went straight to video. They had planned a theatrical release with Miramax, but talks fell through. There were some lawsuits involved. And it's really a shame, because I think had these gotten theatrical releases, I think the Heise era would have done relatively well over here in the U.S. I think maybe not super, you know, they they wouldn't have competed with the Jurassic Parks or whatever, but I think they could have easily carved out a art house niche that, you know, we... We went a very long time without Godzilla releases in theaters, and I think it was the failure of Godzilla vs. Biollante to come out over here in theaters that really kind of started those dominoes falling. Real shame. But yeah, there's um, this one is just so good. There, so a doctor's daughter is killed and while he's researching Godzilla stuff, and he decides to take Godzilla cells, merge it with a rose, put his daughter's DNA in there, and <laughs> she's... Stir it up. Yeah, and then she starts turning into essentially Little Shop of Horrors yes. monster. Biollante's got several evolutions, and each evolution is really cool. Biollante's a Pokemon. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, Anytime the Heise- this series does Pokemon, I'm all about it. Yeah, the, and the Heisei era does the Pokemon thing, evolution thing a lot. And yes. every time, you're right, it is super cool every time. Um. The humans have brought back the Super X in this one. Hell yeah, so they have. we have the Super X2. Mm-hmm. Another flying, laser-filled battleship. And those scenes are really cool, and it adds a interesting way to keep the humans involved in the final battles in a yeah. way that the Godzilla movies, to this day, kind of continue to struggle with. How do we keep people involved in this movie once Godzilla and a monster, monster start fighting? Yeah. But yeah, it's Biollante, man. This movie's great. If you can somehow find it, yep, give it a watch. Because this yeah, thing's this... been out of print forever. Yeah, and that do what is I actually do what, what I did and go on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, unfortunately largely again due to that um, Miramax lawsuit. They um, they ended up publishing it on on video. Mm-hmm. So this was the only Godzilla movie released by Echo Bridge, who did a. Great job visually with the Blu-ray, but mm-hmm. their uh, subtitles are full of typos. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody proofread this movie before it came out. But um, yeah, uh, it is a shame that this is now hard to find. Because yes, subtitles. Yeah. Obtain it extra legally if you catch my drift. <laughs> you know, it's really a crime that there has never been a period where every single Godzilla movie has been in print at the same time. Yeah. It- at least here. <laughs> yeah, here in the U.S. Um, you know, it took us forever to get a few of the outer print ones from the Showa era, and uh, Criterion finally took hold of that. And as soon as they did, Biollante and a couple of the Sony Heisei era movies also went out of print, which is really a shame. It's cool. I love rights issues. It's always so much fun to try <laughs> yeah. to track things down that you need. It's great. Love that. Uh-oh, guys. We hear the roar of one Mr. Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh, shit. He's Just letting us, us know. It is time to talk about probably the craziest movie of this This movie is bonkers. <laughs> we got Terminators. We got, we got Muppet Babies. We got robot three-headed monsters. Uh, it is Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from 1991. And it rules. <laughs> 
I am great. not usually a fan of us doing straight plot summaries on these because I feel like everybody has either seen the movie or has Wikipedia. But, but people have to hear this. Yeah. Uh, d- d- do either of you want to try that? No. I-, I don't know if I can. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm going I'm to try my best then. Okay. So the movie the movie opens in the year 2204. Yes. And yeah. you get you get a really cool flash opening. I, I think this is one of the coolest openings any Godzilla movie has had because it's it's just like a little teaser to the movie where you just hear in voiceover it's like, "Oh, you mean Ghidorah fought Godzilla? Yes, in the 20th century." Oh and then it goodness. smash cuts to the title. Um, this is the first time we get time travel in a Godzilla movie, which is exciting. Um, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially, oh Lord, Godzilla is still, we we might take some extra time with this one. Just (laughs) please let's, let's do it. Sleeping off the end of Godzilla versus Bayelanti where he got shot with anti-nuclear bacteria that made him take a really long nap. You sleepy. And as it does. Yeah, and so everything's been pretty good for the past three years. Um, But a UFO lands on Mount Fuji, Mm -hmm. and the Japanese army goes to investigate, and they are greeted by a robot, a man, a white guy from the future, and Emmy, a Japanese lady also from the future. And they call themselves the Futurians, because... Yeah, (laughs) all right. Why the fuck? Because why wouldn't you? And they're like, hey... BT dubs, Godzilla's gonna completely destroy Japan. I know you think he's <coughs> chill now, but he and you know, us as an audience are like, fucking yeah, that happens in every goddamn movie. But they're like, no, got Japan's gonna be completely wiped out. Just we wanna, wait. We wanna help you guys. So we're gonna travel back in time to World War Two and yes. we are gonna remove a Godzillasaurus dinosaur from Lagos Island where there was a U.S.-Japanese skirmish and we're going to just move him away because that's where he gets radiated and that's where he becomes Godzilla. And we know all of this because you, a book author, wrote a book about the origins of Godzilla and it is so accurate that we are now using it in the future. And the guy's like, I haven't even started writing this yet. And the book is a flop. Yeah, and anyway, it's a flop. And also <laughs> only 90% accurate according to them. Uh, yes. So so that that leads into some some deals later. And the head of a major corporation is a lot of characters to keep track of in this one. So there's it's the head so of a major confusing. corporation and he was a soldier in World War II on Lagos Island where Godzilla saved his life from the American soldiers. Yes. <laughs> and, and so he 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 always feel he feels a great kinship with the Godzillasaurus. Um, so they go back in time, they remove Godzillasaurus and move him to a different part of the ocean. But they accidentally, quote unquote, leave behind three Muppets. <laughs> I love called, it. I love the called, Muppet babies. Called the Dorats. Sure, sure. And then they come back to the future and they're like, okay, Godzilla's gone forever. But uh oh, those Muppets Look you we left did. behind got radiated and became a Ghidorah who we control. This is the exact evil plan that every alien has in the show series. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love that because it is kind of a very true remake of um, Invasion of the Astro Monster, just yeah, yeah, with yeah. some major aspects changed. 
Yes. Um, but but you it's get the turn- basic idea, yeah. Yeah, you, it, you get the basic idea. But it turns out that the Futurians <clears throat> misunderstood Godzilla's own history. <laughs> the Godzilla that they moved isn't the Godzilla who attacked in 1950, because that's a different guy entirely. So he still exists. And the Godzilla that they move... They don't avoid him getting hit with nuclear radiation because a nuclear sub happened to sink in the same part of the ocean where they have sent this Godzilla. It's kismet. There's a great line where they're like, ah, fuck, we should have known back then there was radiation everywhere. We don't have radiation in the future, so we don't have to worry about it. So Godzilla was never erased from the timeline. He was just sleeping. Just taking a nap. Yeah. So meanwhile, oh, God. All right. This fucking streamlining, movie. streamlining to the end here. I'm, I'm going to really power through, and then I'm going to let sure, you guys sure. talk while I take a long nap. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghidorah is attacking and destroying everything because it turns out Japan wasn't destroyed by Godzilla in the future. They lied. What actually happened is Japan became so culturally powerful that the UN, the the future UN, decided they needed to get knocked down a peg. So they're going to destroy almost everything, I think, except for Tokyo. And they're and that way, Japan will be weak in the future. So Ghidorah's wrecking everything, and they're like, ah, shit, the only thing that could stop Ghidorah is Godzilla. Let's send a nuclear sub to radiate this Godzilla source. <laughs> so they send a nuclear sub, but the Godzilla source is already Godzilla, because the Futurians are stupid. And then Godzilla wakes up, sinks this nuclear sub, and grows even bigger in size. He comes, kills Ghidorah pretty easily. Yeah. And then the 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 good guys are like, <laughs> identically from ten minutes ago, where they're like, ah, fuck, Ghidorah, the only thing that can stop him is Godzilla. Now Godzilla's rampaging, and they're like, ah, fuck, the only thing that can stop Godzilla is Ghidorah. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> Let's go to the future, get some robot parts, and make a Mecha King Ghidorah, and bring him back to fight Godzilla, only we're in control now. And so they have a fight, and then they both nap, and that's this movie. What a picture. Talk about it. What a picture. That's all I'll say. This movie is fucking awesome. Uh, It's got fantastic poster art. Uh, I, I love... Love the Terminator in this, that Terminator action scene where he's chasing the truck. Uh, I love that. I love the two shithead businessmen from the future who get uh, murked by Godzilla at the end. Uh, this whole movie is just, like I said, the Heisei era. It's nothing but batshit, and it's so my bad. kind of batshit. I love this thing. Hunter? <laughs> Honestly, like, th- this movie is, like, so, like, just like Biolanti, this is so amazingly batshit insane. Where to the point where it's like I'm a little disappointed in like the the, the millennial movie the millennium movies where, where they, they didn't go this crazy they didn't and they should have what what were they on where they felt like this is how you two guys look because it's the best <laughs> I love it so much uh, yeah this movie rules the monster designs are great uh, that final battle is cool. Uh, Mecha King Ghidorah looks awesome. Such I love, a cool idea. It's I love insane. his like his like half metal, half not. So he's like almost like a cyborg. Uh, yeah, great, great stuff. I love this weird as hell movie. 
And he's got one robot head because Godzilla yeah. ripped one of his heads off. Yes. I love this weird movie. It's just so much fun. I will say, this is, I think, the only Godzilla movie in the entire franchise where I am genuinely more compelled by the non-Godzilla parts than the Godzilla parts. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't it's think cool. either of the Ghidorah battles are all that great. Um I mean, they're fine, but they they lack a little je ne sais quoi, in my opinion. But I am just so compelled by the Futurians and this author and his, like, slightly flirtatious relationship with the lady from the future who turns out to be good because <laughs> she betrays the other future people. So and then good. at the end, it reveals that she's his, like, future great-great-great-granddaughter. And you're like, you guys had so much sexual tension this whole movie. I'm so uncomfortable with this. It's Godzilla old boy. Like, it's like, it's just so... Um, but yeah, this this movie's great. Um, we went a Good, little over movie. time on this one. It's uh, fine. Do you guys have any more to say? No, this movie no. was fantastic. All right, well then, let's move on to Godzilla versus Mothra. Matt, I know Mothra's your girl. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, Godzilla and Mothra, The Battle for Earth, 1992. Uh, this movie is its basically a loose remake of the original Godzilla versus uh, Mothra from the 60s in the Showa era, and uh, they do a really good job with this. I, I love the Mothra design here. She's just so pretty. Um, uh, Batra shows up, and uh, let me tell you, Batra is uh, horrifying. Uh, that is a scary moth demon thing. Um, yeah, really scary. Uh, I love this series because they are unashamed to rip off other movies. Uh, whereas like the James Bond series, they were always chasing trends, uh, but they were kind of coy about it. Uh, they didn't want to be, you know, right in your face. Uh, this movie's like, you know what? No, we're going to throw an Indiana Jones sequence in here as well. Uh, just like last time we had Terminator. Here you have, this movie starts with an Indiana Jones uh, intro. And uh, boy howdy, is that shit fun. Um, yeah, this movie freaking rules. I mean, what, what, what else can you say? It's great. It's got a giant egg. Good times. <laughs> Hunter, what are your Mothra feelings? I like this one. I've always... This is um, one that I think I've seen the least. Um... I'm like revisiting it, it was like, I, I, Batra is so ter like like Matt said, Matt, Batra is so terrifying to the point where like if if I had, it's off putting as, as a small as a small child, I I would be terrified of Batra. It's like it, it it it's got this like the weird subtle horror of Batra just being there. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little different. <laughs> um, I I like this one. It's not it's not my fate like my like. Not as good as, like, Bailanti or, or King Ghidorah, but, like, this is high up there. Yeah, I think when you do a Mothra movie, Mothra brings a lot of baggage with her in a yeah. way that it it makes every Mothra movie feel vague. Literal baggage. Similar. Literal baggage, too, because the twins live in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The twin, the fairy twins who are, who are called Cosmos in this one for some reason. I yeah, sure, like, why not? That was the one thing they felt needed updating about Mothra. Yes. <laughs> like, we can't it's call them the fairies. It's fairies, the that's too 60s. These are, these are Cosmos. Um, 
but yeah, you you know you have to do the fairies, you have to do an environmental angle, you have to do a cocoon and the caterpillar and the you know the moth phases. You have to have the song, and because of that, it's like okay, well I've seen Mothra, I've seen Godzilla versus Mothra, I've seen a couple other movies with Mothra in it. What what do you have new to show me? And you know they they do bring Batra to the table, and Batra is a cool addition to it. But Creepy. This, this does feel like a more of a remake, a greatest hits style kind of entry. But it's great. It's a. It's. I think this is one of the better looking ones. Um, I think. Yeah, the, it's gorgeous. I think the scale in this is just absolutely fantastic. This is a fun movie. Um, it looks. I love how the High Sierra does their fights almost exclusively at night. I, I it's think cool. yeah. it really distinguishes this era from the Showa where a lot of stuff was happening in the daytime and a lot of stuff was just happening in like mountaintops. And these they're constantly finding new urban locations to have battles. Um, and this one, the climax is at the Yokohama Cosmo World, which has a re- has at the time the world's largest Ferris wheel. Okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a cool location and... This might be really, I don't know, close-minded or American of me to say, but I feel like sometimes I can forget that these models are recreations of actual places in Japan and not just, like, model cities that they made up. And that makes them even more impressive to me. Like, you know, the fact that these are so... I I don't want to say photo-real, but they they have a really distinct look and charm to them, and they are genuinely extremely impressive. And, and they're I, shot well, which they helps. They are shot extremely well. Um, one of the things we learn about Godzilla in this one is that he can swim through lava. Which, yes. <laughs> you know, after he gets you know stuck in a volcano at the end of Return of Godzilla, he's just like, oh, fuck, lava rules. I'm just going to start swimming through <laughs> lava streams and pop out of volcanoes as my like go-to thing now. <laughs> it's what I do now. Yeah, that's I'm great. lava boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this this movie's, uh, it's cool. I like yeah. it. It was originally conceived as a standalone Mothra movie, and I think you can kind of feel that. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. But this one was, so Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah really started to turn around. That was much more popular than either of the first two, and then this one was even more popular than that. Um, a lot of women came out to this, and so they're like, all right, women love Mothra, which might be true. Um, and then they made a whole trilogy. Yeah, yeah, which I which I still, still need to see. I yeah, still need to see that. That's really my one Toho monster movie blind spot is the Mothra trilogy. So I'm I'm very excited to check that out. I will have to watch that. Luckily, I picked it up. I don't know if it's in print anymore. Might not be. Who knows? Matt, maybe we'll have to do a Mothra episode one day. A uh, special little bonus episode on my uh, my Moth Lady. Um, and that noise we're hearing is letting us know that it's time to <gasps> say goodbye to Mothra and say hello to Mechagodzilla for Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Weird title. Very weird. <laughs> Very strange. Um, but uh, this is a 1993 film uh, by Takao Okawara. And... What do you guys think of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2? Uh, Rod- Rodan comes back. 10 out of 10. Rodan. Yep, great. I, I lo- Rodan is such a huge gooper that I love him so much. He's so good. <laughs> um, I, I, I like like the Mechagodzilla movies a lot. Um, I feel like the later ones kind of do them better. Uh, this one, honestly, I, 
leading up to this episode was kind of forgettable to me. It, it's just not – there's something about it that, that just doesn't resonate with me as much as, like, the later Mechagodzilla movies do. But like like Matt said, like Rodan coming back is like worth watching alone, and then um, the Baby Godzilla is like I love Baby, it's Baby it's really good. I love can Baby. I, I love that that big old egg. I love oh my god, Baby rules. Can I say it's something, so guys? This is Go gonna for be it. Controversial. Oh shit. Fuck Uh-oh. Baby Yoda. Baby Godzilla is is the only one for me. So much cuter. I love Baby. So baby. Baby's the best. Baby I love the... that its name is Baby. <laughs> Baby is the update of um, Manila for the Heisei era. Yeah, yeah. And yep. uh, this one actually looks like Godzilla. So that's yes. a, a step up. For... <laughs> and um, so Baby's origin is that they're, they're on an island. They see a Rodan. And then they see a bunch of eggs. And they're like, oh, this is clearly a Rodan egg. So they bring it back, and it keeps glowing red whenever it's, like, away from its mom. And they're like, oh. It's a mood egg. Yeah, it is a mood egg. And then the egg hatches, and it's not a Rodan, it's a Godzilla, and it's a parasite egg, where... Mm. Also, this movie makes no attempt at explaining where this egg comes from, right? No, nor (laughs) should it. Nor should it. Yeah, so, you know, maybe Godzilla laid this egg. Maybe another Godzilla <laughs> exists. Maybe this egg has just been sitting dormant for a bunch of years. Yeah. Um, maybe, who knows? Maybe when two Godzillas love each other very much, one of them hatches an egg. <laughs> and you get Baby. But yeah, so Baby is like a six-foot-tall Godzilla-lizard yes. hybrid. Who's Fantastic. Eyes, whose eyes glow red when he's scared. like i have such an emotional attachment to baby in this movie like if baby is scared i am furious at the movie for making me feel emotions yes you're like how dare this movie it how dare uh, baby is you know playing around in straw stealing people's hats getting up to all sorts of (laughs) like a little rascal i love oh god his hijinks are are second to none yeah And the main character in this movie, I love. Um, he is a pterodon hobbyist. Yes. <laughs> who's, who's just He just loves pterodons specifically to the point where yeah. it's brought up in his like job review. They're like, oh, yes. your hobbies are pterodons? Well, don't get into that here. We just study Godzilla's. <laughs> but thankfully, no there's a Rodan for, you. for him to... Uh, there's a Rodan here. And I love, like, like we've been saying, the way they shoot the monsters in this series. There's a couple scenes here where it's like Rodan looking straight at the camera and just pecking it to death. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool and like creepy. And yeah, I love Rodan in this movie. He's great. Uh, he's a, he's a, a, a giant chicken gremlin monster. And it's amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad they brought him back from the, the Showa era. I think pound for pound, this movie might have more monster... More scenes with costume monsters in it than any other Godzilla movie. Yeah, yeah, they'll they, do it. They are constantly on screen. And this that's honestly why this is one of my favorites. That yeah. and Baby and the Pterodon expert who invents got... a flying bicycle to impress a girl. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> got like, that? Oh. You got the G-Force? Oh, God. I, I love this one. This one's actually one of my favorites. Yeah. It's it's awesome. This movie <laughs> is uh, fun as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Godzilla Mecha versus Godzilla. Mechagodzilla 2. And Mechagodzilla is merged with the Super X2. 
Um, yes. So, you know, one of the like tropes in the Heisei era is that G-Force is constantly trying to invent new machinery, new technology to control Godzilla. I love G-Force so much. It's so cool. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the fun things is just that, like, they're just constantly in they're constantly involved and this one i think has a really strong ending because the ending is godzilla versus mankind but mankind is piloting a kaiju which yes. is not something that we've really seen before you know before with mm. mecha godzilla mecha godzilla was an alien you know invention there wasn't a guy in there he was also possessed by the ghost of godzilla at one point like the whole thing <laughs> I love that, man. We're, we're going to so talk good. about that next episode, but that's that's my favorite Mecha Godzilla concept. It's so good, fucking um, wild. Just one last comment about the um, the Pterodon fanatic. There is a shot where he is driving, and in his car you can see a Garfield style window cling of Rodan. Yes. Oh, oh that's fantastic. I, I need want it. that. It's so cool. It's so I want cute. that in my car tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, all right. It's time for us to move on from Mecha Godzilla to a Space Godzilla. Yes, yes. Uh, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla from 1994. Uh, people don't like this movie, I've noticed. And uh, I fucking love it. Space Godzilla looks cool. He's got a crystal palace. Uh, I, he beats I the can... crap out of little kids. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I can see why people don't like this, but they're wrong. But like, it's so <laughs> it's so wild. Cool. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love I love his shoulder horns. Oh my god, uh, Jacob, tell us a little bit about uh, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yeah, Real space, original title, by the way. Space Godzilla is an all timer design. He is so, so cool, cool looking, and like you don't even mind that they've already done one Godzilla versus blank Godzilla because space Godzilla is so cool looking. Oh my God. I love it. They, maybe they could have called him crystal Godzilla, but I don't know. Space Godzilla. It tells you what he is. He's Godzilla from space. Yes. They even say it in the movie. They even say it in the movie. Um, it's it's Godzilla from space. The origin of space Godzilla. They give two possible origins for him and it's like a choose your own adventure, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, from Godzilla cells that have gone up into space and merged with some crystals or something like that. In the borders of solitude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? So baby Godzilla has now grown up into Little Godzilla. Little Godzilla. I don't know why they rename this thing every time. Because <laughs> it's <And> a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's a second evolution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it truly is an evolution because it looks fucking nothing at all like baby Godzilla. Yeah. They they may have He's leaned still cute, too though. hard on cute. This time it's like intentionally cute in a way. Yeah, like the I love him. was like lizard. I do love it. And... I love I, that little little goof. I just feel so emotional every time I see little Godzilla. Like <laughs> little chunk, I love him. The the humans set a bunch of like blast charges to get Godzilla, and then baby Godzilla stumbles out, and they're like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and they blast the hell out of him. And I'm just like, "No, get out of there, little Godzilla! I love you." I, do you guys know uh, Lil Brudder from Homestar Runner? He's a, he's a I one, do not. No. He's a, I, he's a, 
I I I I am not I am not familiar with Holmes Runner at all. Actually, <laughs> he he's a one-legged dog. Um, oh no! And, <laughs> and uh, Stark Matt, you go. I'm gonna be a quarterback. I can make it on my own. Every time I see little Godzilla, I just think that. I just think I'm gonna be a quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Um, this one, I think, you know, this has some rough effects compared to the rest of the Heisei era. Yeah. This is Kensho Yamashita's only Godzilla film, and I think you can tell he doesn't really have a sense for how to shoot the models to make them look good. The There is a new mecha in this, Mogura, who is returning from the Mysterians, and Mogura's sure. introduction in an asteroid belt where it first encounters Space Godzilla looks pretty terrible. Um, yeah, the space stuff in this movie doesn't look too good, which is unfortunate for a movie called Versus Space Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the really only real complaint I have. Otherwise, this is the most anime movie I've ever seen in my life. It's, <laughs> it's so good. I love his stupid crystal palace. I just love Space uh, Godzilla. Yeah, Space Godzilla like just growing crystals all throughout Japan is Oh my god, super it's awesome. Cool. And they they feed him energy like they're pylons in StarCraft. Yes. And, <laughs> and so the <laughs> the way that the humans stay involved is that they're like, "All right, well we got to start blowing up these crystals." And like that's a that's a cool way to to get people, you know, invested in the final battle. And Space Godzilla kidnaps Baby Godzilla, and like, I know puts him in a crystal prison. That is the evilest thing any Godzilla villain has ever done. Possibly, I, I think. Um, Possibly, <laughs> but yeah, it's just. And uh, Miki uses telekinesis at one point. She uh, she finally grows up from using telepathy. Um, this is one where she really starts to take a more lead role. She has she is pretty much the lead character in this and um she's gonna also play a major role in the next one as well just oh yeah she is it's nice to see her around you know it's, it's i like having a like a through line character throughout this series it's really really helps it's really cool i love yeah. it and it's it's a, a really interesting tactic i don't think i've ever seen in a franchise before where the main characters come in and out no you know no main character sticks around but they yeah. have this secondary or tertiary character who's acting as the glue kind of bringing everyone together yeah. that's that's an interesting I, I don't know how they settled on Miki I don't know why she particular kept coming back but it's it's nice to see her every time but it works yeah but you know it's truly a great film Godzilla versus Destoroya yeah sure finale of the Heisiera and my vote for maybe the best Godzilla sequel this is uh, this is a movie that I did not know it was spelt that way until today. Destroya, yes. <laughs> that uh, so the, the for years behind... I've been just calling it Destroya. <laughs> yes, no, it is Destoroya. Sure. And um, the reason they did that was they wanted to call it Godzilla versus Destroyer, and the monster's yeah. name was just going to be Destroyer. Uh, but Toho realized that they couldn't trademark that. Nah, uh, well, yeah, that's just okay. a word, and so they're like, all right, well if we. What about Destroya? And they're like, eh, it's still too close. Can't really trademark that. And they're like, all right, well, if we throw some extra O's in there? And they're like, got it. <laughs> Perfect. This is a new monster name. Uh, this movie rules. It's awesome. Uh, I'd it, agree with Jacob. It is one of the, if not the best Godzilla sequel. It is honestly like out of, I, I'd almost go sorry to say out of every Godzilla movie, this is one of the most important because it's like, it it, ha- it it does stakes 
so yeah. well. Like it, you there is, there is like so like so much at stake, and you you could feel it throughout the entire movie. Godzilla dies. It's so sad. The ending of this movie is so sad, but we'll get to the ending. Yeah. But what I want to talk about is that amazing aliens sequence about yes. half an hour in where they basically take, they do 20 minutes of James Cameron's aliens, that, but yep. it's with these destroyers in I, a, uh, in a factory. It's fucking awesome. It looks great. Those monsters are cool as shit. Yeah, it's terrifying. Cool. It's cool to see human-sized monsters in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, you don't get that. Um, but yeah, so this movie, it opens... We have never gotten a Godzilla movie where Godzilla just shows up in minute two. Uh, but Yeah. That, uh, in fact, throughout the entire Heisei era, it's usually about a half an hour before we see Godzilla and Godzilla versus yeah, King Ghidorah usually, sometimes it's an entire it takes hour. a long time yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but this he shows up minute two and he is glowing red because Godzilla is dying his heart oh, is a God. nuclear bomb and it's yeah it's going into meltdown and they they realize that if Godzilla's heart goes into meltdown and Godzilla dies he is going to blow up the earth <laughs> Oh. Yeah, if if I which, die, I'm taking all of you with me. Which you know, stakes don't get better than that. Not and honestly, either. that's a interesting and good update to the nuclear parable fears. Um, yes, the idea of complete global destruction is what is on the line here. They say it in the movie. They're like, it'll be like the China syndrome, but much worse. Um, but yeah, so Godzilla is dying and he is rampaging around and he destroyed the island he was living on and nobody has seen little Godzilla and they're worried that little Godzilla exploded too. Yes, Meanwhile, but now he's called Godzilla Jr. All right, well, you know. Because they have yet. to name him again. We haven't seen him yet. Um, and then meanwhile, and I think this is great, the villain of this movie is created by the oxygen destroyer that killed Godzilla mm. in the first movie. It's so cool. That is a, it's such a cool idea. It's such a great way to bring everything full circle. The the oxygen destroyer combines with, I don't know, crabs or something? <laughs> yeah, sure. Lobsters. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it creates essentially the devil. Yep. <laughs> yes. Destroyer. Actual Satan. Destroyer is another one who has these multiple evolutions, and each one is cooler than the last, and each one... Like, Destroya looks evil. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. He's got, like, wings on his head. He's got a giant horn. He's got what I like to call a final boss energy, where you just see him and you're like, yes. Like, he is, he's the end. (laughs) Like, I. It don't get no bigger than this. (laughs) I will admit that, like, I never truly buy King Ghidorah as Godzilla's, like, arch nemesis. He always just feels like a dude he fights. I see Destoroya, and I'm like, this is the end game. This is... Like, oh, this is going to be bad. This is a living version of the thing that killed the first Godzilla. Yes. Also, this Godzilla is dying and is going to take us all out. And I love Godzilla's look in this movie, too. I love his constantly melting down look, like just... That that orange flame that like envelops his entire body. Yeah, I love his glowing eyes. Oh my god, I love I love the shot of Godzilla being covered in a bunch of little destroyers. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Oh my god, like a bunch of parasites just all over him. Uh, Hunter's right; he does have major final boss energy. 
Um, yeah, I love that. So they introduced the Super X3, which again, yeah. you know, another mech for uh, the movie franchise. And it's like sleek and black and flies cool. And they freeze Godzilla and they're like, all right, Godzilla's frozen for six hours. You guys have to uh, get in there and suck the you know nuclear radiation out of his heart. Figure something <laughs> out. But then Destroya starts attacking everybody and they're like, ah, fuck. We also, we frozen Godzilla again. And who pops out of the water? But our good friend, formerly baby, formerly little Godzilla, Godzilla Jr., who is yeah. all grown up. And look at him go. I know. I, he's, he's ready. He's <laughs> making dad proud. Awkward teen phase. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of mad that none of the other series have really leaned into a younger Godzilla the way that this yeah. one does. It is such. I mean, it's yeah, cheap surprising. Heat. But again, I am so emotionally invested in this because, like, I'm never worried about Godzilla. Godzilla's no, going to win Godzilla. any fight. He's Godzilla. But baby Godzilla? Godzilla Jr.? Godzilla Jr. Here. gets his ass kicked by Destroya. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. It will happen. Um, and he gets his ass... There's one scene where it reminds me of when the... Um, the mantises are just poking Manila in the face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so after Destroya takes care of Godzilla Jr. and is like, haha, I'm, I'm winning again. Who wakes up but our good friend Melty Down Godzilla? <laughs> and he just brutally starts attacking, and it's so fucking cool, man. This movie. It's awesome. And the humans are helping, and they're freezing stuff, and they're, like, worried about the Earth blowing up. And it's just, it's perfect. This is a, a perfect Godzilla sequel, in my eyes. Yeah, it's it really is one of the best, uh, like you said, Jacob, and it's one of my favorites. If I were to rank the entire series, it would be up there, like, really high. I don't know if we're ever going to get a satisfying Godzilla franchise ending the way we got with this. No, this is one of the best endings. I don't think the the patience is there. I don't think the, you know... I just don't think we're ever going to get a series like the Heisei series. And because of that, you're never going to get the kind of fulfillment of, all right, this is... Like a final feeling. This is the finale. They bring back... You're never going to get that again with any movie series because everything has to have, you know, connections and franchises and... You'll never get another ending. I, I don't. I'm I'm holding out hope for Fast and Furious Eleven, which is, is going to be the end of the road. When they all fall into the black hole and <laughs> yeah, in space. Um, but yeah, this one it intercuts footage from the original Godzilla, which is really cool. It's really cool. Uh, yeah. One of your main characters is the grandson of Doctor Yamane from the first one. Yep, I really like that. Uh, the portrait of the original Doctor, like mm-hmm. in the office. I was like, oh, that's a really good good visual reference yeah and we get amiko back the um yeah. the female lead from the original godzilla she shows up in her final film role yeah this is a, a fantastic movie it's a finale done right yeah and, and uh it's one of the reasons the heisei era is my favorite of godzilla it's a lot because of this movie and do you know how i you know it's a finale done right Yes, because during the end credits, they show clips from all the previous movies. Yep, and only the best oh, franchise endings do that. Freddy's dead. I, I, I Freddy's dead's damn, not a great movie, but I get so fucking hyped during the end credits. 
Oh my god, the Iggy Pop music video? It's yeah. amazing. And Oh the- my god. I love shit like that. I love the greatest hits clips during the end credits. And uh, they got Akira Ifukube back, and this was his final you know, Godzilla film before he passed. Yeah. And he's like, alright, we're going out with a bang, we're hitting all the hits. We're- Damn right. He even throws in some of the King Kong vs. Godzilla score in the um, yeah, it's cool. end credit scene. It's just... It's cool. Man, this is an emotional ride and it's visually one of the best in the series and it's just so goddamn good it's it's easily one of the best godzilla movies ever made that's it for godzilla uh oh we have we've worked our way through the entire franchise good night Um, sweet prince (laughs) yeah yeah so i you know and it ends so well because it's it says you know godzilla may have died but Godzilla Jr. has radiated and become the new Godzilla. And in our hearts, Godzilla lives forever. Yes. Forever. And that's true to this day, you know? Godzilla's never truly gone. No. Oh, no one's God, ever truly gone. What a good series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so much fun. Uh, I think it's also like the most consistent mm-hmm. of yes. the Godzilla movies, uh, eras that they've had. Uh, yeah, it's it's really really good. This is uh, these are good movies, folks. You should definitely uh, check them out. Yeah, yeah, if, they're worth watching. If I was recommending a Godzilla series to watch start to back, it would be this one. And if I was recommending Godzilla movies just to watch, just as movies and not necessarily as something that is like a little camp fun or just like you know, yeah. really imaginative and wild. I think this is. Probably the most accessible Godzilla ever has been. Um, Agreed. Agreed. It's the the plots are straightforward, but the they're in in depth and involved. And he, again, and every once in a while, you get a crazy one like King Ghidorah. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, I think the craziness of King Ghidorah makes it even more accessible because you're like, okay, I am I am invested in wherever the hell this is going. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so thanks so much for uh, for joining us with this, Hunter. It was it was great to have you on. Oh yeah, definitely. I love coming on talking about Godzilla. Uh, as usual, uh, uh, Hunter, where can the people find you on the internets, and what do you got going on? So I I co-host a show called The Phantom Zone. Um, you can find that on Spotify and really anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, I'm working on I'm working on a solo kind of podcast about video games that hopefully will be out at some point <laughs> uh I, i've had some setbacks with due to work uh but it's coming look for that um and you can follow me on twitter at young underscore kame and other than that i'm you know that's it for me jacob um you can find me online at jacob underscore denoble that is my name on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on Instagram, if you want to follow me there. Honestly, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's mostly screenshots of Godzilla movies. So, (laughs) I've noticed. I've noticed. (laughs) I I, I get no likes on them compared to selfies, but that will not stop me from posting. I always like them, damn it. I I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But I'm like, I I need to know who my true friends are, and they're the ones who are going to like my Godzilla posts and not my Jacob posts. That's Um, how you know. Yep. How about you, Matt? Where can the good people find you? As for me, you can find me at the Real Matt C. Basically, anywhere you have a uh, social media platform to look for me on, um, 
that's it. I use that name for literally everything. And uh, you can mostly find me on the Twitters. It's my second home. It's a little utopia because I block and mute over, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Oh, me it's, too. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful day to be alive every day. Hunter, this was fun. Jacob, always a pleasure. Uh, until next time, stay spooky.